The Youthscape Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Youthscape Podcast. I'm Martin Saunders. And I'm Rachel Gardner. It's, it's good when we do that. We it's do like it proper very well. radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we're both leaning forward as well to the mic. I feel like this is like, like there's a lot of energy for this one there today. Is. Well, it's because we're excited about our guests. We are. Buckle up, people. But anyway, keep going, Martin. Yes, sorry. I was doing the intro this week, wasn't I? Yes. It's, I feel like it's I'm, it's very hard for me yeah. in this in this relationship yeah. for me to really state my claim and, yeah. and have my voice heard. I, I like to amplify your voice. You don't rising. amplify my voice. I feel I feel like you're you're such a great big presence that sometimes I just feel like it's it's not possible. <laughs> Get me, on with it. For me Good to be, grief. I just feel so small. Such a moaner. Come just, on. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares that I'm on this thing. It's just it's we just your fan base. Thing. It's Come just your on. fan base. Go well. The bloke, stop talking, please. We want to listen to Rachel again. Keep going, Marty. Doing right. Really good so job. we've got uh, a very special guest yeah. with us today, Dr. Kate Middleton from the Mind and Soul Foundation. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Youthscape Podcast. We're sorry. Um, and <laughs> and right, so, we should never apologise. No, we always we're we should very, always apologise. We should this. always apologise. <laughs> um, we're going to talk today about yeah. uh, a few things, Dr. Kate. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, what you do with Mind and Soul. We're going to talk particularly about um, the epidemic that we've seen in recent years of young people and anxiety particularly. I thought it would be an interesting place to start to ask a sensitive question, yes, yeah. which is when you were a young person or a teenager, yes. did you did you find you were anxious about things? Did you, yes. Did you, were you challenged by anxiety? Rachel Gardner first. Yes. No, I was, absolutely. I think... Yeah, and I'm trying, I'm, oh, I wish I had a little think before, because I think I, I was, absolutely. I think I felt that anxiety was pretty normal for teenagers. I, I, I remember lots of my friends feeling the same, so I didn't feel anxious at my anxiety, but I definitely felt anxiety. I felt anxiety for things like um, being a little bit silly. So I was always convinced that I'd be the kid that would tuck my skirt in the back of my knickers in the toilet and then walk down the school corridor showing my pants off. So I, I kind of had I mean, you've done that, you've I have, well, oh, have I? When? Anyway, moving on. I used to have real anxiety that I would do something that I would never be able to come back from. And I do remember sitting in school assemblies. Do you remember school assemblies? Do they oh, yeah. happen in the same I can way? still smell school assemblies. Yeah, we used to have them every single morning. And I I was convinced that I would suddenly just randomly stand up and start shouting. Like, wow. I used to have like this thought would go through my head and I'd be like, no, it's okay, I haven't. So I remember those, those sort of kind of anxieties of things that weren't particularly real in inverted commas, but, but kind of were populating my world as much as I want to pass this exam like will I get into trouble for this what happens if this happens so I'd have these like these little moments of really interesting yeah. anxiety yeah, yeah, yeah. how about well, you Martin? well you know something that really springs to mind is that I um, had a very large bedroom window a small bedroom but with a very large you window had the, like, you had these stories like all fully formed in there yeah. ready to go don't you like, and I, I'll tell you two <laughs> things that I remember about my bedroom yes. window you looked out over the garden yes. in, I was in suburbia very much in suburban mm-hmm. Surrey and uh, I used to do two things yes. out of my bedroom window, entirely not linked, but I must tell you about both of them. Uh, first thing is I used to take a can of Lynx Tempest. Uh, and spray and it out the window? No, no, no. And I would use it as a microphone <gasps> and I would sing along to my CD player. And do you know who I used to sing along to? Michael Bolton. So like, you know Michael Bolton yeah. of uh, Time, Love and Tenderness? Very tight jeans. Uh, he would all, and, and you know, he was a great crooner of, of the yeah. rock ballad. Yes. And I learned all the, the great Michael Bolton classics. And in there aren't many. In front of the mirror, the window. In front of the window. And I would pretend that mm-hmm. that window looked out onto Wembley Stadium. 
and I was singing the Michael Bolton back catalogue. There's many problems with that story in that I don't think Michael Bolton ever could have played Wembley Stadium, but to me, uh, I mean, I I deeply loved Michael Bolton and his unfathomably beautiful hair. Incredible. The other thing that used to happen, I don't know why I've done that. What's the other thing? My anxiety is increasing massively. I'm becoming anxious. The other thing is, I used to look out the window, it's much more serious. I used to look out the window and imagine that the world was going to end. So I was convinced that we were at any moment about to uh, have a nuclear war. And that, well, that I was, was a real it fear was in the back nation, in the you know it? back yeah, in the sixties yeah. when I was growing up. And so, <laughs> so so basically I'd look out my window yeah. and I'd think that I would see in the distance, you know, a mushroom a mushroom cloud oh, and then Martin. and then a, a blinding light and then the world would end. That and I, every night I used to do that. It was apocalyptic. It was apocalyptic. And sometimes, if the Michael Bolton performance had gone particularly badly, I'd imagine that then the at, at Wembley, clouds. the mushroom cloud appeared. Oh, God. I think sometimes it's God's grace that you and I, our worlds, did not collide at school. Yeah, I imagine. Could you imagine I what would have happened? I think I'd hated you. You'd have hated me. And, and I think you'd have been like, what are you, why are you worried about that? Like, there's actually, there's actual nuclear war that could happen. I'd be like, no, no, what if my skirt ends up my knickers? Like, that is disaster. Like, wow. we just wouldn't have connected, would we? You'd have been like, if you're really, really scared about something, Pray about you're it. scared of Satan. <laughs> Pray about mean, it. I would have been. That's what you would have Are your pets going to heaven? No. I remember saying that to somebody once. <laughs> Imagine her anxiety after that. So, um, uh, what so I what anyway. I love is that we've uh, we've had this conversation in, in front, front of, of a, a psychologist. psychologist. <laughs> so he's so, making notes. Doc, like, Doctor Kate oh, Middleton, welcome. are we mad? Well, my anxiety is increasing thinking of you singing Michael Bolton. But apart from that, <laughs> well said. I love that. Okay, you're so welcome. And and recently our paths have crossed a lot because we've been doing some work together, Youthscape and Mind and Soul, in response to increasing anxiety among young people. So what what are you seeing as you're also a church leader, aren't you? And a psychologist. I am, yeah. So are you are you identifying what we're talking about, that we're seeing more young people anxious? Yeah, so I overlap a lot with uh, youth leaders, youth workers, also with schools. I'm a governor at a local secondary school. I have a daughter who's a teenager, so I chat to her and I hear from her friends as well. And there's, from all of those different places, I'm hearing more and more about anxiety. And even as well when I'm working one-to-one with adults, it's not just mm-hmm. young people. And also talking to parents about their concerns for their kids, younger kids, but also teenagers in particular. It's anxiety that comes up again and again and again. Mm. And, and I, I do feel that in this very safe space, that we, we, we should really ask you what you were anxious about at school. Before we go any further, can we do that? Do yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think I was one of those oblivious kids. One of, one of my kids is like that. One of my kids is much more well-focused and motivated. The other... I won't say which, in case in future they listen to this and and then charge me a lot of money for having (laughs) quoted them. But the other is completely oblivious and just drifts through life. And let's just say I was more like that. But interestingly, I do still have now, Mm. some, what, 25 years later, a recurring anxiety dream that I have to sit chemistry A-level again. Wow. And still now, sometimes I have that dream and they won't believe me that I already sat it and that I passed it. And and I wake up slightly sweaty. So I must have been anxious somewhere at a lower level but I don't remember being at the time bothered at all that's quite reassuring actually now you, 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 so you, you talk about the fact that anxiety is uh, more people are talking about anxiety um, is it that anxiety itself is on increase or is it that we're recognising it better that we're, we're naming it better than we used to and, and uh, things that we would have just gone oh that's a, that's a bit of silliness uh, or we would have seen it as our own sort of idiosyncrasies now we're actually able to name it and identify it as 
anxiety? Yes, well, that's the golden question. And it's really difficult with something like anxiety to answer that clearly because, of course, it is something that we all experience. So you can't just say if you have any of it at all, then that's um, disorder, that's a problem because everybody has some to some degree, so it's really difficult to measure. But what we're hearing and seeing more and more is what I would talk about as anxiety intolerance. So where even low levels of anxiety are creating a lot of anxiety. And what that does, particularly where this is concerned, is it tends to magnify problems. And we're seeing definitely an increase in some of those symptoms of anxiety as a problem, problematic Mm. anxiety. So things like panic attacks, things like, the sort of behavioural symptoms that it can cause, so um, children, young people in particular, who are struggling to do things like get into school, sit exams. Mm. Um, so where anxiety has started to interfere with everyday life, we're starting to hear about more um, a high rates of that. And we're certainly hearing anecdotal stories from people like school teachers, head teachers, youth workers, um, about seeing a lot more anxiety and having to talk about it and deal with it much more as a day-to-day issue than they used to. And what, what do you think is the role in all of that of uh, technology and particularly mm. smartphones? So we, we are talking about this as a, a generation now that sleeps with their phone under their pillow. Yeah. Uh, you know, you might, my, my son goes to bed and he's got his phone downstairs, he's 12, and he'll come back in the morning, there'll be 178 WhatsApp messages. Oh, 178 that been, is, that, I mean, that's small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I made my sent- daughter turn hers off in the worship in church the other day, and when she turned it on at the end, she had 364. I mean, that's she extraordinary. Said, Look, what are you doing to me? Maybe you just do yeah. too much worship in your church, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was a short set. <laughs> but, um, but, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, how much, what, yeah. how much is it being amplified, increased by... Uh, the fact that young people have this FOMO, they have this constant addiction to their smartphones, they are sleepless and sleep deprived because they're, they're, they're scared they're gonna miss out on, uh, on the conversations that are happening about them. Um, you know, what role is it all playing? Yeah, well, what's interesting in that, taking it in a slightly different direction, is how anxiety interacts with stress. So that anxiety, your anxiety and stress physiologically are on the same system. So what's really interesting is that if our baseline of stress rises, because there's a lot going on, we're juggling a lot, you've got a lot that you're trying to focus on, then you become slightly more anxious because it's bit, if you're already at number five on the anxiety scale, then a, a sort of one step trigger that might have pushed you up just one notch on the scale then pushes you up to six. Whereas if you'd been at one at the beginning, pushing up to two is no big deal at all. So what's interesting is how stuff like that with young people means that they're continually switched on, which actually means that their baseline stress level mm. is rising. And what we definitely see in young people is Uh, a bit of a struggle with switching off and relaxing because they don't ever do it Mm. and often they see that as a very negative thing sleep is definitely a huge issue because we know that once young people start to 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 not sleep well whether it's being interfered with just because they're up doing more interesting things or whether they actually can't sleep Mm. again we see rises in stress and anxiety particularly linked with that so there's probably quite a complex interaction going on with that just the day-to-day lifestyle that they've got and how that has a knock-on effect with anxiety. And that combined with this sort of low tolerance of it because they're afraid of it, Mm. because they hear a lot about it, means that you can have this rise in problems. That, that, that's a sort of theoretical perspective anyway. It's not something that's come out this in research, but it's certainly something yeah, it's I would wonder about. And it's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I, I've been working with you for a little bit, but thinking actually that in a nugget, seeing the link between anxiety and stress on the same system, that mm. makes 
Does that make absolute perfect sense? Yeah. Or the practitioners out here saying, yes, actually, I'm, I'm dealing with an anxious, stressed teenager. Yeah. Mm. A, a while ago, a good friend of mine called Rebecca Hamer, who um, ran a self-esteem project and now is at HDB as a youth worker, she, um, we asked her from, as part of the Girls' Brigade to, to finish her sentence of her, uh, her hopes for teenage girls. And I was one of the leaders, a number of leaders wrote some fantastic big ideas, you know, about autonomy and have their voice heard and volume mm. and um, all that kind of stuff. And she simply said, my hope is that they will have rest. Mm. Yeah. And when she shared it, you just felt the whole room go, oh, that's what I want for girls. That, mm. That's it, mm. that, they, that they rest that this stress is anxiety that plagues their lives. Mm. There's a rest, there's a peace. And that has stayed with me so much, just listening to you talk again, mm. Kate, I suppose, in a way that the responses are gonna be complex, responding to people's individual needs, but they're gonna be profoundly simple, aren't they, actually? Mm. Turn off the noise, get them, let, get them lying on the floor, listening to you, be still, and know that I am God, I mean that. <laughs> So, what, so yeah. how, how do we respond then? So yes, and it's well, and it's difficult because things like social media, Martin, which you were talking about, what we know is that those things trigger the same responses in your brain to, to pleasure that the other things like chocolate and things like that trigger. So they they are they're they're things that we're hardwired to desire to want. So if you've got a phone that's bleeping mm. 147 times or whatever, it's very hard to step away from mm. that to turn it off. And again. If I'm talking to adults about that, if I say to adults, you know, um, hey, guys, leave your phone downstairs when you go to bed at night, that is a radical suggestion to a, a room full of 40, 50-year-olds. Mm, so mm. imagine what it is to a 14, 15-year-old. Yeah. The idea, like you say, that they might not be with their phone yes. is, is alarming. Yes. So we've got to, I think we've got to help them understand some of the things that are going on and respect the fact that they're, that they, that they're pretty bright, they know what's going on in life, so that they understand why it's so hard to do it but then also equip them, therefore, to make good decisions about what they do and don't do. Mm. And I know, I think, a lot of the challenge, particularly of parenting in 21st century, is that we are not the main influence on our kids a lot of the time in the decisions that they make. So we have to bring them up to make good decisions. And, and we as parents become so reliant on the other people who speak into their lives, therefore, because when they stop listening to us, which yes. they, they will do in teenage years, because one of their jobs is to start to detach emotionally from us, they need other adults who can give them good advice, give them good guidance, and that's mm. where the youth workers come in. Yeah. So for me as a parent, I'm absolutely desperate to make sure that my teens are connecting with great youth workers and other great adults who are gonna give them good advice and support with well, this sort of stuff. You will never listen to your parent telling you to put down your phone. You'll never willingly do that. Mm. But your youth worker, you might just listen to some advice around that. Interesting thing we've been doing here recently uh, you may know, Rachel and yes. Kate, that we've developed a resource here called Shuffle, yes. uh, which is a sort of interactive devotional game yep. for young people. Uh, and uh, we, um, we ran a group here with um, young people from Luton, uh, absolutely smartphone addicted young people. Uh, and the idea was each day they did a little challenge to, to draw them closer to God, a little way of experiencing the Christian faith. And afterwards we did a bit of evaluation of which of the different challenges, all sorts of different kind of tapping into different learning styles and spiritual approaches and disciplines, uh, which are the ones that really resonated with you. And the, unsurprisingly, it, you know, some of the stuff about um, prayer and sharing your faith and um, uh, uh, interacting with the Bible, they found some of that stuff more challenging. Every single one of those young people picked out the same uh, uh, ones as, the, as the, the, the devotional activities that they enjoyed the most. And they were getting into nature, um, going for a walk with your camera and noticing God, uh, in, again, in nature, um, 
spending some time in silence and turning off your phone. Wow. Those were the ones mm. that they really responded to. And I, I think there's something really profound there. So we're actually developing something new now. We're going to wait until the weather's a bit nicer, um, but we're going to do a little course where we take young people out into nature, take their phones off them for an hour, which will be yes. a, a wrestling match, I would yes. imagine. Very safe, but we'll wrestle them. Yes. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then basically, we're going to ask them to just get into nature. And, and I think there's, I, you know, I haven't got the answer to what that looks like at the moment, but I feel like we can mm. smell something mm. that, might, that, 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 that might be really interesting. And we spend so much of our time now, you know, rightly, we were talking to Lana about it the other week, um, about asking how can we get into this space of social media, technology, etc. But I think we should also be asking how can we persuade young people that sometimes... The role of church and youth ministry uh, is actually a safe space away from yes. the just mm. the constant noise, the, the constant onslaught. The onslaught. And of course, the sad thing is they'll come back and there'll be 648 WhatsApp messages for them to scroll through. Mm. But I think, Kate, I would like you now to affirm what I've said. Don't you think <laughs> we're onto something there, Kate? Absolutely. No, well, what's interesting is that actually you are slightly preaching to the converted with a lot of young people now. So what we're starting to see in research, so there's been a recent study where they asked young people about social media and well over half of them were saying they wished it had never been invented. Wow. So actually, and, and when I talk to young people about what's the thing that we should be teaching on, uh, particularly with the mental health lean, but certainly emotional health stuff, what's the thing that they need help with? I'm always surprised because the thing that I hear again and again is, is to tell us how to manage social media because it's really scary. So I think there is a sense that they feel like there's not an option to step out of it mm-hmm. and, and they're not sure how to do it because it's, it's sort of, well, my daughter would say it's social suicide not to be on it. Yeah, of course. And yet she doesn't really want to be on it. And there is a lot of anxiety and intensity around it. So I think if we are talking into this, then that's going to be helpful to mm. people. They, they're going to want to hear it. Can I ask you a slightly different question there, back to sort of anxiety and stress? Um, because I think I'm, as a youth worker, I regularly am in spaces where I'm praying for young people who are feeling incredibly anxious. Mm. Um, and sometimes I can see where that anxiety is coming from. Sometimes it's just a feeling they have and they can't name it. Um, and when I begin to pray, I, I find myself sometimes stumbling over terminology, like what is it I'm actually praying for? Um, am I praying that Jesus takes away their anxiety? Am I praying that Jesus takes away their fear? Am I praying mm. that they can bring it to God? Like what? And I think um, I'm talking to God, I'm not talking to the young person, but I'm very conscious that actually how I'm praying is kind of laying down in them an expectation of... How, what does the Christian faith have to say about anxiety? So mm. I mean, how, how, do you, how do we pray for young people around anxiety how do we help them to name and bring their anxious thoughts to god yeah it's it's a really good point and we we could get hung up on words and what what we all mean by specific words but it is actually useful i think to draw a distinction for example like you did between anxiety and fear because i think those two things are very very different so anxiety we could look at and say that is a normal human emotion it's an essential part of the functioning human brain if you stepped out into the road today and there was a bus coming you would feel anxiety and it would be important it would save you because it would be part of the the, the sort of coordinated response of your mind to that emergency scenario so we've got something like anxiety there that that we we're never going to eradicate and we wouldn't want to people who have lost the normal functioning of anxiety they, they struggle to, to cope in, in normal life, in everyday life. So we need that. But 
that's very different to fear. And the Bible does talk a lot about do not fear and using, using different words to describe what that is, that sense of, of a fear that makes you want to run away, that overwhelms you, that is powerful in that way. That's a very different experience to that anxiety. So I think when we're working with young people who are struggling, very often what we're talking about is, is the fear the, the absolutely overwhelming, mind-numbing fear that has taken away their sense of control. They feel like it controls them rather than them being in control. And it's stealing control from their life. It's keeping them from things that they want to be able to do. It's stopping them from reaching their potential. That's a very different thing to the sort of normal human emotion of anxiety where you might feel able to control it and manage it. And even be a little bit motivated by it. We know that a little bit of anxiety actually means you perform better. So perhaps that's a useful distinction yeah, to think about when brilliant. we're playing with young people brilliant. or adults or anyone who's struggling. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, fear, I think the moment we connect with young people around fear, suddenly you have 50 pairs of eyes trained on you, don't mm. you? This is, and I remember once being at an event and somebody at the front said, I don't want to be long to my fear, I want to be long to God. And the idea of be long, like hanging out with, mm. I don't want to hang out with my fear here, I want to hang out with God. And that resonated with the young people just so profoundly, absolutely. Mm. I'm just enjoying the wordplay. Oh, be, yeah, be Look right. at that. But it's good, though, isn't it? It's, and I think <coughs> it does matter because I think probably there are a generation of youth workers listening to this, and we've had um, lovely Liz Edge mm. talk about this, that her own experiences of actually when it's mishandled, when the, when the youth workers around you who, who really want to connect actually uh, are saying, actually, let, let's ask God to remove the anxiety. That can be incredibly damaging, can't mm. it? Well, what happens if it doesn't then? Well, and it can mm. increase that fear because you won't ever eradicate that. No. Anxiety. Absolutely. So if you're aiming to, then every time you experience any anxiety, the risk is, is that young people panic. Yes. yes. So it's much better to think, well, look, we're all going to experience this. And actually, there's a really interesting thing for the place of anxiety in faith life as well, because I think as we grow with God and as we yes. reach our potential, there is very often that sense of stepping out of our comfort zone. So I actually think as, as people of faith in particular, there's a challenge to us to grow young people who can manage anxiety, brilliant. a little bit of anxiety yes, well. Because certainly my experience of, of doing life with God is that, that you do get pushed just that yes. little tad out of your comfort zone. Mm. So managing that is really interesting. I, I, you know, I reckon if we have to step out of the boat and do things that are a little bit risky, we will experience some anxiety. Mm. So Absolutely. we've got to get good at managing that. And we certainly shouldn't say that the ideal faith life is that you never experience anxiety. Absolutely. As yeah. I always say to, to my daughter, which apparently is really annoying, anything in life that's worth doing will probably trigger some anxiety because it's significant to you. Brilliant. That is such wisdom. Wow, fantastic. Um, yeah, I can tell we need my daughter that. She said it's just annoying. <laughs> I'll send a lot of message to her. I, I, uh, we're not going to solve anxiety. We don't want no. to suggest we're going to. But we have created... And I mean we in the sense we're of, of, of yeah. you two, really. Yes. Uh, uh, we've created a new resource to help uh, youth leaders engage with the issue yes. of anxiety with teenagers. Uh, and it is called hashtag what if, question mark. Is that yeah. the full title? That is the full hashtag title. Hashtag what if, question mark. And, uh, and it is, um, it's amazing, actually. It's one of the coolest <laughs> and, and, and most innovative Brightest. things yes. that Youthscapes have produced. I'm really, really excited about it. And so you're, you're going to just well, we you thought... explain it a bit by playing it? 
Yes, let's just let's just play. You can find out about it on the Youthscape forward slash store or on Mind and Soul Foundation website. They'll point you in this direction as well. But it's it's really fun and it starts with the idea of, of helping young people safely catastrophize. That's your word, Kate, isn't it? I know you didn't invent it, but as as you said, I never knew that word. Um, so helping young people safely think what is the worst that could happen in this situation, like a Dr Pepper type thing. Yeah. So we're going to play it with you, Martin. So basically, oh, we've got two lots of cards: question, cue, and answer, and it's a random pairing. So it's any, any pairing works. So you have to turn over a question card okay. and read it out to the okay. uh, lovely listeners. So here's the scenario. Here's the scenario and he's reading out one of the cards. I'm in my bedroom singing Michael Bolton songs with a can of Lynx Tempest when... Oh no, that's not That's not. It. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's not really it. But what's, what I love about that, Rachel, <laughs> is that it. you weren't listening. No. Uh, it actually says, <laughs> this is the situation. The exam has just started when I see that. And now I'd like you to randomly pick an answer card from the pack. I'm completely naked. Oh my goodness, not fixed at all. Wow, you had to be that That's one. why I wasn't listening. Oh, I see. He's going through trying to find it. Where's yeah. the naked one? Brilliant. Do you want to have a go, Kate? So you can, I'm not going to yeah, fix it for absolutely. you. So here we go. You're not going to fix it. Okay, these, so, these are all so cards. You take a question random. card, which is a yes. scenario, and yeah. then an answer card. Yeah. It's as I'm going into hospital that I notice. Dot, dot, dot. And then the dot, answer dot. card. Insects are crawling all over oh me. Oh my goodness. No. Okay, right. My one is um, whilst walking okay. past a large group of young people at the bus stop, I realise my hands have been replaced with spoons. Do you know, I play this quite a lot with groups of young people, and this this probably sounds a bit, little bit funny over the airways, but it works brilliantly because what it does is it allows young people to begin to occupy the space of, I don't know what might happen in a situation. And yeah. actually what I tend to do is fear the worst. Like my thing yeah, yeah. is a quiet assembly hall, I'm gonna stand up and shout fart yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. which I won't ever do, but you, you, your mind goes to the absolute nth degree. And the young people love this because it's stuff that they think, actually that'll never happen, my hands will never be replaced by spoons. But actually, even if it was, could I cope? And it opens up some really interesting conversations. The anxiety scale is in there, Kate, isn't it? Why, why have we put an anxiety scale in? Yeah, definitely. Well, one interesting thing, because anxiety is something that we're all experienced, what we have to do is get better at understanding it and develop a better way of talking about it um, and responding to it so that we can respond really healthily to it. And one of the risks is that if your experience of anxiety is that it's very frightening, that it's very overwhelming, then one of the things that you instinctively start to do is just try and ignore it. Hope it goes away. Cross your fingers and hope for the best. And what happens then is that as it tends to grow because the job of anxiety is to get your attention. And so you only start to become aware of it and, and try to deal with it when it's, it's about to become really overwhelming. And if you think of anxiety on a sort of 0 to 10 scale like we've got in the game, then there's this zone at the end in about sort of 8 to, eight to 10 on that scale, which is what we call the hijack zone, because it's really in brain terms, it's become such a crisis situation that your brain actually starts to switch off the rational bit of your mind just, just to get you to react without thinking because there's no time to waste thinking. So just, just react, get out, get out of there, run, fight, whatever it is. And so if your anxiety gets into that eight to 10 hijack zone, then it's incredibly difficult to respond to it rationally. And most of our 21st century anxiety moments do not require us to run or fight. They require us to, to respond more calmly and to rationalize and to deal with the situation. So what we've got to teach young people to do is to get better at recognizing anxiety when it's lower down the scale, because they've got more chance then of being able to intervene and manage it well and try some different strategies that might help them mm. deal 
deal with their anxiety really well. And the more we can do that, the more we change their experience of this normal everyday emotion from being something that's terrifying and overwhelming and generally ends in disaster to something that actually is everyday, it's normal, it's fine, and might even be a functional part of a response to doing something that really matters to you or that's significant or that you want to do well in and stuff like that. And we've got in the pack five different techniques that as youth workers you can teach young people, ranging from the classic breathing to to lower your um, anxiety levels, the physiological, um, right up to praying, to doing something, getting out in nature. And and, um, I did this on Friday up in, in Glasgow and it was a very young youth worker who looked at all the cards around what it feels like in your body and your mind and she just had an enlightenment moment like that's that's how I feel I, that, that's how I feel like I get like this and I've never thought of it before as these are early signs of anxiety so I yeah. think it's one of those resources where it's going to really help young people generally take control yeah. own what's happening and then find ways to lower their anxiety and I think the other thing that's really important as well is the increase in panic attacks that we're seeing more often and what happens with panic attacks is is that people fail to recognize those early physical symptoms and then because they feel unpleasant they start to worry or become even more anxious about what's going on and am I about to throw up or faint or having palpitations am I about to have a heart attack and die or something so they become more anxious so the physical symptoms get worse and that's a vicious cycle that very very quickly builds up so again if we can talk to young people about what are the physical symptoms of anxiety and help them to recognize that's what it is teach them what to do to lower anxiety or to manage those feelings then we can also hopefully prevent panic attacks from developing in the first place because once they start they're harder to manage because obviously they're scary so if you've had one or two panic attacks then it becomes a the minute you start to feel anxious at all you immediately start to worry that you're going to have another panic attack so the more we can help people to understand that process of what's going on and feel in control of it the better we are so grateful to you kate for for this so the uh, the resource is called what if uh, just to just to explain, if you haven't quite grasped it yet, it's it's essentially a sort of a board game, isn't it? Uh, yes, which yeah. comes in a box, very pretty. There's some wonderful fluorescent artwork on there. There's some really brilliant artwork on there. Actually, it's really fun for young people to engage with it. It it really does uh, look great. Uh, and you can take it into classrooms. You can take it into youth group rooms. You could probably you could use it as yeah. a parent the actually, uh, and all sorts of other uh, contexts. Yeah. It is designed so that if you want to bring a faith flavour to it. Absolutely. It's right there and you can yeah. amplify that. If actually you're in a context where that's not appropriate, you can just kind of cut that bit out and downplay that and that's absolutely fine as well. Um, and so um, so it's on our store, youthscape.co.uk slash store uh, and it's £25. You can also find about it on the Mind and Soul Foundation website, the address of which is mindandsoulfoundation.org. There you go. Um, so, uh, so do check it out. We're really proud of it and, and we think we're really helpful. Worth saying too, Martin, that, that what, what we see this as is a, is a resource for sort of emotional literacy, we're saying. So what this isn't is a way to treat somebody who's got really extreme anxiety yeah, well or panic attacks yeah. or something like that. What it is, is a really great way to get young people talking about anxiety, understanding it better, um, sharing their own experiences and ideas of how to manage it. Is it too much to say that actually it would be, it would be the sort of activity that actually be great for every young person in the country? I would say so. Well, I, do you know, I, one of the groups I piloted this with was my Sunday morning super labels group that I always talk about, 10 to 13 year old, mostly boys, mostly from really um, supportive families. When I started talking to them about anxiety, 10 to 13 year old boys had so much to say. Mm. And I'd never thought I need to use this with them. I'd never have done it had wow. not been a pilot. So that's really taught me mm. this is for all young people. 
Great. So you can find out more about it on our website, youthscape.co.uk slash store or mindandsoulfoundation.org. Thank you. Sorry, nearly got there. So it's time for a few shout outs, which is our weekly want. So number one, Dr. Len Kegler. Hello to Dr. Len Kegler. All the students of Nyack College in New York were still angling for a free trip. And (laughs) uh, remember, you can get credits on your course by listening to the Youthscape podcast. Today was really awesome for that, wasn't it? So, And Ollie Deeks, hi to you. Hello, Ollie and Mrs. Deeks. We should find out her name. Uh, And Aaliyah Pike. Pike. So God bless all of you. Thanks for tuning in. And there'll be more great stuff next week the youthscape podcast is free and it always will be free but you can support us by going to patreon.com forward slash youthscape that's good when we do that we do it proper radio Yeah. yeah yeah